Well, it's that time of year again. Projects are in full swing, and you know what that means. you got to make that trip up to Jacob's Supply. Whether you're a contractor or builder, or you're checking those things off the to-do list around the house, now is the time to visit Jacob's Supply. Guys, listen to some of the crazy good deals they have going on right now. PVC decking for $2.99 a linear foot in 10 different colors. Composite decking for $2.35 a linear foot in two colors. Treated decking for $0.65 a linear foot. Duralife composite rail kits available in select colors starting at $64.99. And don't forget the vinyl rail kits also available in stock. Need the fasteners? They have those too. Hidden or visible? Clips or screws. Jacob Supply is located in Temperance, Michigan, but ships many products nationally too. So whether you're in-state or out-of-state, they're just a click or call away. Check them out at www.jacobsupply.com or call them at 734-224-0978. That's 734-224-0978 or click the link in the description of this episode. Jacob Supply, your one-stop shop for products you need at prices you love. Hey guys, you got to join us at the Thank God for Bitcoin 2024 conference in Rocket Town, Nashville, July 24th and 25th. Last year was phenomenal and this year is going to be even better. G.K. Chesterton once said, I never discuss anything else except politics and religion. There is nothing else to discuss. Given how secular our current world is, this might sound strange. We can think of many things that don't initially seem political, but whether we recognize it or not, religion and politics define the playing surface and rules that govern our lives and actions. And money is one of the most powerful tools in enacting the wills of both government and God. Although we all use it, few Christians have a rich, biblically grounded, historically informed framework through which to understand what money is, and consequently the effect it necessarily has on how we think about economic issues. Well, that won't fly at this conference. We're talking stewardship, dominion, and the economics of glory with some of the biggest names around. Speakers include Michael Foster, C.R. Wiley, Dr. Ben Merkel, Dr. Glenn Sunshine, Nate Fisher, Jordan Bush, and many, many more. You won't want to miss this lineup. This is one of the most intellectually powerful theologically sound, and all-around good time conferences you can go to this summer. So go to www.tgfb.com, that's Thank God for Bitcoin, www.tgfb.com, and get your tickets today, or click on the link in the description of this episode. See you there, guys. Christians, are you tired of just talking about starting a parallel economy and not doing anything about it? The Workspace Conference is the catalyst you've been waiting for. Join us this June 28th and 29th at the Hilton in downtown Fort Worth, Texas. Engage with leading Christian thinkers like David Bonson, C.R. Wiley, Steve Jeffrey, David Reese, and Andrew Krapyshevs. They'll share invaluable insights on how to actively integrate your faith with your professional life in ways that really matter. These leaders are not just thinkers, but doers, shaping a Christian approach to business that makes a real impact. This event is more than speeches. It's a vibrant networking hub for Christian professionals and entrepreneurs eager to create substantial change. It's an opportunity to forge meaningful connections, explore new business opportunities, and collaborate in a faith-driven environment. Don't miss the highlight of our networking opportunities, the exclusive speakers dinner. This is a premier event where you can dine with our speakers and other influential guests, deepening relationships and discussing ideas in an intimate setting. We are also actively seeking partners who are passionate about building a Christian economy. If you're interested in collaborating or sponsoring, we'd love to hear from you. And make sure you join us for Beer and Psalms for some relaxed fellowship and let's turn our faith into action together. So reserve your spot now at www.worksbase.com That's worksbase.com or click the link in the description of this episode and be part of building a dynamic Christian professional community. Let's move beyond talk, fellas, and start creating the change we want to see. Exploring theology, doctrine, and all of the fascinating subjects in between 
Broadcasting from an undisclosed location, Dead Men Walking starts now. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Dead Men Walking Podcast. We appreciate you listening, telling a friend, sharing the podcast with a friend. It's the only way we grow. Also going to dmwpodcast.com and checking out our merch. Your purchase supports this show and helps us bring glory to God. Also, I'd be remiss if we didn't mention that this episode is brought to you by Jacob Supply. He's a brother in the Lord. He's local right here in Michigan. Uh, he brings you quality building products at wholesale pricing. Jacobsupply.com has everything from roofings and buildings and appliances. What he does is he goes and buys at wholesale, passes that on to you. All new products for 30, 40, 50% off. Even if you live in the tri-state area and it's a couple hours away, come on up, check him out. Um, you're sure to get a deal. That's Jacobsupply.com. Also, our buddies over at reformsage.com love Nick and these guys. T-shirts, uh, coasters, uh, wooden bookmarks, stickers, anything that you want to fulfill that uh, reformed stage cage in you. You need to go check it out. Um, he's got great stuff. He also owns reformedroasters.com. So if you need a dark Damn. Kelvin roast, make sure you go get your coffee fix over at reformedroasters.com. Thanks so much, guys, for sponsoring the show. Now that we have the business out of the way, I'm excited about this one because we have a guest uh, that uh, that is on that. We're going to be talking about something different. He is an award-winning author. Um, he is a science fiction writer, has a bundle of books underneath his belt. We're going to get to that. He was also featured on Jimmy Fallon, and Jimmy had this to say about him. Listen to this. Oh, this book is... Uh... <laughs> Amish vampires in space. Uh... <laughs> Do we need yet another Amish vampire space yeah. book? <laughs> Been there, done that, bought the T-shirt. Oh, yeah. so the headline grabbed it. But yes, ladies and gentlemen, we have Carrie Neitz in the house today. How are you, Carrie? I'm great. Thank you. It's good to be here. Thanks. Yeah, so we have a common friend, and you were suggested for the podcast. And I said, yeah, we got to get this guy on, because I remember that clip going viral uh, quite a few years ago. And I think it was just a thing on Jimmy Fallon where it was like, it's a unique title, right? Amish Vampires yeah, right. in Space. And I think right. uh, most of the reviews I've read on this, too, is it grabs people. I, I read one review, which was extremely positive, And he goes, the only reason I picked it up was because of the cover and the name. And I like yeah. the genre, science fiction. So uh, your branding on those series, because I think Amish werewolves in space, you also have, and a few others that we'll talk about, the branding is just genius. I absolutely yeah. love you taking those genres Thank and you. putting them all together and doing it. But before we get into that, can you just give our listeners, a, I don't know, a couple minute bio on a little bit about you, what you do, and, and kind of how you got in writing? Sure. Um, I'm Carrie Neitz. Uh, I've been actually a believer and also a science fiction fan since I was you know, really young, like eight Maybe. And, okay. um, you know, and just grew up reading it and watching it. And um, it was just kind of fun for me. So um, I worked at Microsoft for a number of years as well. I, I actually uh, went to college for computer science. So I kind of have that technical background, you know, uh, science fiction kind of coming alive there. And um, just always wanted to write, though. So I would be scribbling things, you know, sort of on the side. And, and when the opportunity presented itself, I sort of took advantage of it and started writing. So um, I have a dozen novels now, I think, and a nonfiction book and some short stories and, and even some uh, entries in some devotionals and whatnot as well. So, yeah, over a million words in print, I guess. Wow. So, yeah. 
Where, where can people find those works? Do, do you have a website or do they just go to sure, Amazon? Or um, where do you want them to go? Sure. They're, they're all on Amazon and, and other booksellers online, but uh, neats.com is my website. So that's pretty easy to remember. N-I-E-T-Z.com. Okay. Uh, I'll get you there or search for Amish vampires space. And you'll, <laughs> you'll come you'll up. Find, you'll find me. So. Oh, there's more than enough hits on Google if you type that in. Absolutely. So uh, are you doing that full-time? Are you a full-time author? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm also a father and you know, managing a house and stuff here, but, but that's, that's sort of my main, my main focus. So, okay. So what gave you that idea? We're going to, I know we're going to focus on the uh, in space for a couple of these. I know you've got some new stuff out too, and we'll get to that, but uh, you know, as a believer and as a Christian, and this is a, um, you know, a, a Christian podcast, so to speak, we have a biblical and reformed worldview. You see those titles. And the first thing I think is, is, um, you know, horror and sex yeah. and, and yeah. all these different things. And there's not really a space, uh, for a book that can mash up those types of genres and do it in a way that's, uh, honoring and interesting, but it seems like you have. So what gave yeah. you that? idea first and foremost to write a series where all those type of genres are, are intertwined yeah sure um yeah it's kind of an interesting story uh my publisher at the time back in 2013 2014 um he would go to all these writing conventions and and all the other publishers would be looking for amish fiction because that's like i don't know if it, most people know that in your listenership but yeah yeah it's like a big big niche you know yeah. and sells millions of copies a year. And, um, and he would be like the only speculative guy there, like the only guy looking for fantasy and science fiction. So he would jokingly say, you know, the only Amish I'm looking for is if it's something like Amish vampires in space, that was this joke title that he, he threw out. Well, time went by and he sent out this mock cover to all the authors saying, you know, just, and it had, and it's actually, you can see it in, in, in my book, it's on the second or third page there. You know, I had a planet and there's clearly Amish vampires in it and there's a casket and, and, um, kind of got laughing about it. And I was like, you know, someone should write that book because I think the title alone would intrigue, intrigue people. Sure. You know, I, I don't know. It seems kind of campy. I don't know if I'm the guy to write it. And I was actually in the middle of writing another trilogy at the time. Um, but I, I just thought it was a good idea. And then I, you know, I don't know if it was, you know, waking up in the morning or early in the morning or, you know, uh, bad reader or what, but I just, I just, I had this idea of how um, the Amish might get into space and become vampires and not have it be campy. And so I started writing on it. I got 30,000 words into it. And it's like, you know, this is kind of working. And so I sent him, I sent him email and told him, Hey, guess what I'm doing. And then when he got done laughing, he said, okay, if it's any good, I'll, I'll publish it. So the final book, I think was over 130,000 words. I had a lot more writing to do then, but um, yeah, he liked it and published it and sort of the rest is history at that point. So yeah, did it do pretty well? I know you have yeah. won other awards for other, uh, novels that you've written. Was it a pretty well-received book overall? It was. And, and, um, you know, the cover got, like, when the cover got released, that kind of blew up on social media, just, you know, this <laughs> just kind of unusual thing. And then, um, when the book is self-released, yeah, it, it mentioned by the Washington post, um, Dave Barry, you know, kind of famous commentator, mentioned sure. it. Uh, uh, Publishers Weekly, you know, a lot, Library Journal, a lot of places that had never been mentioned before. You know, so it's definitely a very cool thing. And you mentioned the Jimmy Fallon thing when that when that happened. I had just started using Twitter a little bit, and it was so fun to just watch 
those words be said throughout the world. And it really was a worldwide <laughs> thing. Like I, I bet yeah. I counted, you know, 12 different languages, seven different countries at one point, you know, it was just, it was kind of incredible. So, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, it's it really, like, Hey, don't tweet about it. Just go buy it. Help me out. Right. 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 <laughs> so yeah, it's very cool. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, uh, you know, first, the first thing I wanted to ask you too was, so is it just because you're interested in science fiction, uh, that you, you write science fiction? It sounds like you have some other genres that you, you delve into too, but is it just an interest or are you trying to make any type of points within that genre? Because, you know, full disclosure, I haven't read the entire book. I read some excerpts. I've read some reviews of, yeah. of that particular one. And the common theme was, you know, you would think this was just pure fantasy. And as a science yeah. fiction geek, I'm more of the Star Trek guy than the Star Wars yeah. because Star Wars feels very, you know, fantasy to where Star Trek, right. you know, still still t a type of fantasy, but you're explaining the science and you always have right. an explanation. Can't, you know, you're kind of limited to some type of physical right. world. And that right. was the common theme I saw where people said, you know, it wasn't so much fantasy, but this is more science fiction in the fact that there's explanations for things and it keeps it very yeah. real and true. Um yeah. Is is that why you started in this genre, just because it's interesting, or you had something to say in that space? Uh, I, d I definitely tend to lean in toward hard science fiction, where you, you know use real science as much as you can. You know that that intrigues me. I'm from a science background. You sure. know, um, I write you know I write a lot of books that have like robots and coder types in it. You know, and, and to me, it, it, it's like how would it really work? You know, I I, I want to know how it would work. And and um, a lot of times the science would just present itself when they needed it to. It's sort of one of the miracles of writing. You know, you, you get into research and it's like, oh, yeah, OK, here's how vampires could work, you know. And, and so, um, so, yeah, it, it, it's definitely an interest. Science is an interest, but, but uh, um, you know, yeah. it's kind of a blessing as well, you know. <laughs> so stay with us. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Covenant Real Estate. And why not? It's my podcast and my real estate company. But seriously, I've absolutely enjoyed helping clients buy, sell, and invest in real estate over the last 12 years. My brokerage serves clients in Michigan and Ohio, with more states coming soon. When I started this brokerage, I wanted to ensure that my expertise and knowledge would serve every one of my clients. I take my fiduciary responsibility to my clients very seriously. That's why I named it Covenant Real Estate. Not only is a covenant a contract in the legal sense, but it's also a solemn promise from myself to each of my clients. I will do my absolute best to serve you. It's also pretty cool that our name has some theological implications as well, which is a great conversation starter. And here's the best part. My agents and I have extensive experience in helping people buy and sell residential homes, buy and sell commercial properties, as well as investing in real estate and selling and purchasing recreational and vacant land. Covenant Real Estate can help you with all of your real estate needs, and I would love the opportunity to earn your business. So if you have real estate needs in Michigan or Ohio, call me at 734-731-GREG. That's 734-731-GREG. Or click on the link in the description of this podcast episode you're listening to right now. Remember, Covenant Real Estate. Confidence from contract to close. Yeah, so a few years ago too, you released the Amish Werewolves of Space, right? Right. And now is right. that in the same uh, same yeah. continuum? And yeah, there's there's actually three books. The second book was Amish Zombies. Oh, Amish. Space, yep. And then 
Amish werewolves of space was the third one. And those came to be because I liked the the characters so much, you know, and and there was more to explore there as far as the science goes. And so I just I just wanted to know what happened to them. You know, I had to, and I started writing it and and uh, you know, you got yeah. two books out of it. So. Yeah. Now, so you know, when I when I see something like this and I like I said, see reviews and read excerpts and you're keeping it interesting and you're keeping it uh glorifying to God and clean, I find that to be a huge challenge. I'm a big stand-up comedy fan yeah. and boy do I love the stand-ups that can 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 they don't shortcut with vulgarness or a cuss word or, or you know, uh violence over the top. Your Brian Regans, your Jerry Seinfeld, your Jim Gaffigans, these yeah. guys who know how to you know weave a story. Story, um, not necessarily that they're trying to keep it clean or quote unquote Christian, but it seems like it's more of a challenge. Is it a challenge in writing to hold fast to your Christian virtues, but also write in a genre which is so full of sex and violence and, yeah. and all these different things that might not be glorifying to God? Yeah, I don't, I guess I don't find that part so much of a challenge because again, you're kind of writing with a Christian heart, you know, you tend to kind of avoid those things those things when you write. And, and for me, like the story is what's intriguing about it. It's like, how do I make, how do I make a fascinating story? How do I keep the mystery going? How do I, you know, and the characters sort of drag you along too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Many of them are kind of fallen and they have their own, their own problems, but you don't have to be graphic on the problems. You know what I mean? And so, um, yeah. And, and another thing driving force for me is my dad reads everything I write. And, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and so, and I remember growing up and him you know, getting books that he had read and him having whited out some of the swear words in it, you know, and, and so I don't want him to have to white out my books. You don't you know? so it right. I try, I try to keep them as clean in and while still hopefully constructing a fascinating story, you know, sure. that, well, and if you think even in the classic science fiction realm, Ray Bradbury, Isaac Asimov, yeah. those those masters did not have to go into the, you know, go into the woods as far as making it graphic. You know, they, they told good stories yeah. and that, that would be my hope, you know, to be, be like that. So yeah. no, that, I mean, it's a good goal to have. It's funny yeah. you say that, you know, I have a mother that listens to every podcast episode, so I have to try to be as nice <laughs> as possible or yes. I'll get a call or a message, right. go, you know, uh, Right. shouldn't be so mean to that person or judge that person <laughs> so quickly. <laughs> she keeps me on my toes. Yeah. So I get it. Do you ever get right. pushback within the Christian community? Because I, I grew up, uh, you know, for the first seven, eight years in a very legalistic yes. home to where it yeah. was, you do not listen to rock music. You do not read things about vampires yep. and fantasy and werewolves. And, and then the second half growing up went to an extremely Pentecostal to where it was like, Hey, yeah. everything's almost yeah. permissible. I've yeah. landed somewhere in the middle where I believe the arts belong to us. God created them yeah. for us. Uh, we glorify yeah. him yeah. with that. Uh, and sure. I think we should have a lot of leeway within that as long as it's glorifying to him. But do you ever get pushback within the Christian community when they might scoff and say, oh, a vampire? Oh, geez, a werewolf. Yeah. What are you know, a zombie? Yes. You know, yes. how actually, do you deal with that? Yes. Um, even actually from like my mother-in-law, when she she <laughs> saw Amish vampires, she was like, how could vampires ever be, you know, how could that tell a Christian story? And I said, well, I got to read a book. You know, I, I know what I wrote and I know why I wrote it. And, and, you know, now her, her husband or, you know, they read everything I write too. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's, you, you do get some of that and, and not just me, but kind of the community I'm a part of, you know, it, it is, it seems like many churches have gotten where arts is kind of a, something they don't think about, you know, much, you know, yeah. it's kind of put aside 
And, and I agree with you. I think God gave us an imagination for a reason, you know, and, and many of the things are very fantastical things in the Bible, you know, and, and that imagination is there to help us visualize heaven and, and what he's got going on. And um, so, yeah, why shouldn't we be using them? You know, why shouldn't we? And, and, and science fiction is such a great way to explore big themes. You know, it's, if done well, you can, you can really, you know, touch on some very interesting things that the Christians will appreciate too. So yeah, I, that's kind of where I'm at. That makes sense. No, absolutely. And I, I'm wondering if you agree with me on this, when sometimes I feel like as believers, uh, we, we focus too much on one particular thing. We almost, um, uh, we, we legalize that thing. We say, oh, a zombie yeah. or a werewolf or whatever yeah. it is, right? A, a robot right. with AI. I'd, oh my goodness. When in fact, you know, I can enjoy art on the broad themes of what you're trying to yeah. uh, to, to 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 tell your audience, right? I look right. at like a show like Breaking Bad, for instance, right? Yeah. A lot of little stuff in there that might not be, uh, you yeah. know, quote unquote Christian. But if you look at the overlying theme of that and how his pride ruined him, uh, right. I don't know if you're familiar with the show or not. And then at the end, admitting that and going, oh, it wasn't for my family. It was for me because I wanted yeah. the power, right? There's a very palatable and powerful theme in that that you can learn from. Right. And and right. I noticed in a lot of your books in the reviews I was reading, people were saying the same thing. They're like, we actually appreciate that it just doesn't go right to a gore or violence or something, but it holds true to the character's overarching worldview, like in the right. uh, Amish series, right? right. Uh, and it does it in a way that teaches the reader and, and really gets through to the reader. So I'm wondering sometimes with that kind of criticism or pushback, they're kind of missing the point of yeah. art, isn't it? To make yeah. us think and giving overarching themes and things like that. I agree with you. I think that, I think that's true, you know, and, and, and often, yeah, we kind of get locked up in our little box, you know, like church has to be like this and, and yeah. the only art might be in the stained glass window. Well, well, I, you know, God's much bigger than that. You know, I, I think he gave us the abilities to, you know, use our art and creative instincts to reach the world. Yeah, absolutely. Let's shift gears here for a little bit. Um, so just because this is going to satisfy my interest, and I know a lot of the listeners are either uh, into books, they read books, they buy books, uh, many have written books. The technical aspect of writing a book for you, where does that start? Yeah. Does it start with the seed of an idea? Uh, yes. Do you have to get so far along before you go, oh, this is going to be a novel, this is going to be a book? Um, and then once it gets there, what are the next steps? Are you, are you scratching stuff down? Are you in, on, in a journal? Are you in front of a computer? Do you use a program? Like where does that, where's that first couple months of the, uh, you know, maturation of a book come from? Yeah. Um, generally writers break down into, they're either generally plotters or they're pantsers, you know, or, or like, I like to think of it as organic writers and I'm actually more organic writer. My writing process will usually start with just a few ideas, you know, or maybe a general theme, you know, I want to explore. And like my latest book, for instance, is a book called Lost Bits. And it's a, kind of this robot buddy story. And it started just by me opening up in a cabinet one day and seeing all these kind of forgotten e-readers and, and <laughs> yeah. personal PCs and thinking, boy, that, you know, that's kind of sad. These things have been a part of kids' lives, you know, for years and gotten they've gotten much enjoyment from it. And it's like, well, what if that happened to a robot? He found him, he woke up after having been kind of discarded and 
and decided to go look for his family, you know? And so, so I just kind of started with that idea and sort of followed the character where he went, you know, mm. and, and the story happened from there, you know, and, and 80,000 words later, you got to, you got a book. Oh, now, it's, that, it's that easy, huh? Just 80,000 yeah, I mean, words later. <laughs> I mean, kind of writing, uh, writing is sort of a faith walk for me. You know, every, you sort of make a habit of it. This is the time I write. And this is how many words I kind of give myself a word goal. You know, this is how many words I want to get done in a day. And, and then you sit down in that same, uh, same space that you always sit down in and start, you start writing, you know, it, it, it may not always be Shakespeare, but but yeah. a lot of times that first draft, especially is, it's for getting the ideas out there and, and kind of exploring the worlds and not making it perfect necessarily. Now, when I go back then after I'm done with that first draft, I'll, I'll let it sit for a couple of weeks to a month and, and then um, read it as a reader. And then, that, you know, and usually I print it out on paper because I like to read it that way. Mm-hmm. And that draft will be, you know, it'll, it'll be redlined everywhere. Things I want to change, move around. But, um, but you know, that's the, that's the time for that, that second draft. That's when I'm making corrections and, and trying to fill. Now I know where the book's going. I'm, I'm filling in the, the uh, empty spots and, and moving things around where they need to be. And um, then after that, I'm, I'm, I usually have a pretty solid second draft and then I'll send it on to somebody else. Yeah. To, to look at, like an editor or a reader I trust or whatever. Yeah. So, so from the time of idea to first draft, what is that? time span normally over the average time span over the 15 plus books that you've written? Yeah, about nine months. Nine months. So it sounds like you're very habitual about that too. Same place, same time, kind of tell myself goal setting, write this many words and be dedicated to that. Yep. Yep. That's how, that's how the magic happens. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so, um, yeah, so we, we've we've covered a lot here, but tell me a little bit more about this new book too, just for the listeners. If they're interested in, in finding any of your titles, The Lost Bits sounds very interesting. I know you touched on it a little bit, but yeah. essentially a discarded robot that, uh, and and it's so common, right? Like you have that closet full of stuff and in 50 years, we'll probably have that closet full of robot personal assistants that hasn't been upgraded. Yes. You know, that's, that's, yeah, that's the premise. And so he wakes up in a junkyard and, and doesn't really remember everything. And, you know, obviously the systems aren't working like they used to. And he's sort of, okay, I, but I remember where they used to live. And I remember what, you know, who my, the daughter I used to take care of the girl I used to take care of. And, and so he goes kind of looking for that family and, and along the way runs into, you know, it, a little bit like in the way, uh, in the grain of Wizard of Oz, he kind of runs into other discarded folk and, and, um, and of course some, some bad bad folk in there as well, but, but it basically builds this kind of buddy system of, of robots and, and, um, kind of goes looking for his family. So, you know, adventure happens and, uh, good things and bad things. And, you know, so kind of a robot buddy adventure. Yeah. And And, and are these, are these books, uh, these type of books too, or you think they're all age appropriate? I'm yeah, looking they, at yeah. some of these titles yeah. and I would like to get them even for my daughters who are 12 and 10. They do a lot of scholarly reading and historical for, for homeschool, yeah. but you yeah. got to throw in some fun ones every once in a while right. and, the, and they consume right. them so quickly. Right. Uh, they, e- yes. Even a they series, do. which I'm glad I encourage that. I think, uh, you know, we, we need to encourage the next generation to do more reading. Um, yeah. But uh, so yeah. some, something like that, if listeners are listening to you think uh, appropriate for all ages. Yeah, I tend to I tend to write for like thirteen and above. I think okay. I think um, lost lost bits can actually skew a little younger, you know, because again, it's all mechanical and uh, you know all the you know there's not 
it's not any heavy violence. There's no real romance to speak of, you know. Right. So it it's uh yeah, that one probably skews a little younger. Um I actually there's a a traveling bookstore that I'm uh, kind of associated with through a writers conference that I went to and we go to lots of homeschooling conventions. I'll I'll meet them there. And, and so what you're what you're saying there about homeschooling and yeah. readers, I've seen it, you know, they'll buy like the stack of yeah. like, what, what do you got? You know, they'll, write, they'll buy them all and read them all, you know, and and often the kids will be back the next day to tell you how much they liked it. You know, so. Right. So, um, yeah. Yeah. It, it's uh, yeah. I, I tend to like I said, I tend to write clean fiction and and yeah so so you said something earlier here too as we wrap this up uh that kind of struck a chord with me we are in a culture of just instant gratification and if you have a thought you put it out on twitter you put it out on facebook or instagram you said you write a draft and then let it sit for two or three weeks yeah and and then you know and that's nine months i just go you know in this culture where everything is instant and it kind of sucks us all in too to where we we speak faster we say what we want right away we put it out on social media do you ever find that a challenge to where you're very excited about some art that you're creating or something you're writing and then you go I let it sit for two or three weeks. What's it doing on that mantle over there? You're not showing yeah. it to anyone or you're just letting it ruminate or is that a challenge? I don't know if it's like this for all writers, but for me, I have, I have to set it aside for a while. Otherwise I will just hate it. You know, okay. I will hate every, I will hate everything <laughs> about it, you know, and, and I don't want it to be that way, you know? So, cause you're your worst critic, right? Even, right. Even, yep. even after the books, produced i have a hard time sometimes going back and reading something that i wrote you know a year or two ago because you're always you'll find the little things you know sure. so so yeah i i need that like i need that time to kind of step away from it so, so it doesn't bother you then no no <laughs> actually helps cool so as we wrap this up uh if we have any uh, listeners out there that are uh, authors or aspiring authors or want to write sure. a book what what are some things that you might encourage them in or give them some advice uh first off like be persistent you know uh make it a habit like yeah. like i've said before you know this is what i'm going to write and carve out that time it's going to be a writing time and and just stick to it you know and and don't expect every word to be perfect you know you're just you're just you're blazing a trail through it what you're doing and um you know it's a faith walk like i said it's just one one step at a time and um and I, i'd also encourage them to be involved in find seek out a writing community that's you know the type of genre you like to write and mm-hmm. and those people will They'll be your best friends, you know, they, they will encourage you and you can encourage them and you'll grow and learn and, and you'll connect with you know people who do book covers and edit and all these tools that you will need down the road. So, um, yeah, those would be my two biggest pieces of advice, I guess. Awesome. But- Carrie, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. Yeah. Uh, throw out the social media links and the website again for the listeners if they want to check you out. Sure. Um, uh, www nietz.com needs.com um i'm on i'm on facebook i'm on twitter and me we and uh you know if you search for amish vampires in space you'll find me so yeah <laughs> awesome and guys we'll make sure that we link this all up on the youtube page the social media and everywhere it goes out to get your podcast carrie once again thanks for taking time and being with us today yeah. telling us a little bit more about your journey very interesting anytime you want to come back on the podcast or if you have something sure. new out let us know you're more than welcome uh to, Appreciate it. to be here thanks, yeah Greg. guys thanks so much for listening to another episode as always god bless 
Be sure to check us out at dmwpodcast.com where you can purchase the best and snarkiest merch on the internet, support the show, and leave us a review or message. Dead Men Walking can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Dead Men Walking Podcast and on Twitter X at Real DMW Podcast. The Dead Men Walking Podcast is part of the Fight Laugh Feast Network. For exclusive show content, be sure to download the Pub TV app and become a member. If you're a business that needs to reach hundreds of thousands of potential customers in your demographic, podcast advertising might be for you. Send all inquiries to Dead Men Walking Podcast at gmail.com. None your biscuits.